listeners, welcome to this bonus episode of Story of the Six. As we isolate ourselves from one another and from the comfort of Sangat, it is only natural to seek the sanctuary of the Guru's word. Today, we bring you a beautiful Shabad by Bhagat Kabir, in which he poignantly explores the intimate relationship between the devotee and the divine through the act of asking and giving, which is an integral part of that relationship. Bhukhe bhagatana ki ye mala apni lije, ho mangu santan rena, main nahi kisi ka dena, madho kaisi bane tum sange, Aapna deho ta leho mange. Due ser mangu chuna. Pao ke o sangluna. Ad ser mangu dale. Moko dono vakt jivale. Khaat mangu chopai. Sirana avar tulai. Upar ko mangu khindha. Teri bhagat kare jan thindha. Main nahi kita labbo. Ik nao tera mein fabbo. कह कबीर मन मानिया मन मानिया तो हर जानिया beset by hunger how can i my lord your praises sing take these useless prayer beads to you i them bring oh bring me to the holy throng before it i shall bow in them i will place my hope not to look elsewhere i vow for you, my Lord, I have such love, beseeching you, I feel no shame. On your accord, if you not give, beg I will, I do declaim. Give me flour, kilos too, salt and butter give me pray. Half a kilo lentils, please, eat them I will twice a day. Bed four-legged sturdy give, Pillow mattress give me too, in my quilt thus satisfied, songs of praise I'll sing to you. Do not think me greedy, Lord, my only ornament your name. With his Lord Kabir attuned, intimate and knowing became. Bhagat Kabir almost seems to chide the divine when he says, Here, keep your prayer beads. I have no need for them if I have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. He goes on to ask unabashedly for the essentials that he needs to keep body and soul together and then declares that once he has these, he will have the wherewithal to express his devotion. I want to tell you a little personal story, dear listeners, that I feel relates to this Shabbat. It was many years ago. I used to attend the Bridgewater Gurdwara Sahib in New Jersey. My beard didn't have any gray in it at all, and I had the zeal of a neophyte. Of course, I wasn't really a neophyte, having been born a Sikh, but in a certain sense, I had been, quote, reborn after coming to the U.S. in my early 20s. I counted many progressive, enlightened Sikhs among my friends, I had spent the last few years reading every book on Sikh history and philosophy that I could lay my hands on. In my own estimation, I was erudite and sophisticated. 
I taught Gurmit Sangeet and Sikh history at the Bridgewater Gurdwara. I mentored young Sikhs at the nearby Rutgers campus where a small student group had formed. I had intense, often heated discussions with a few of my left-leaning Sikh friends who I felt did not appreciate the progressive ethos of our faith sufficiently. Boy, was I cool. Or so I thought. I had a young protégé, an undergraduate at a nearby university. He and I would have many discussions, and often we would find ourselves pouring scorn on our less sophisticated fellow Sikhs, who would make monetary contributions at the Gurdwara, and then have their names announced during the ardas or prayer. Ostensibly, the purpose was to express their gratitude to God for blessings such as a new job, a green card, a son, a new home, or even a new car. What naivete we felt. Surely the man upstairs knew what was going on. What need was there to announce one's mundane acquisitions to the entire congregation? Surely this was a thinly veiled attempt to brag. In light of the broad worldview of Guru Nanak, the truly progressive ideals of our faith, and its themes of equality and social justice, to us, this was an unforgivable diminishing and cheapening of our credo. It wasn't until many years later, when the first few strands of grey started appearing, when the zeal of a neophyte had dissipated, and I had started reflecting on the nature of my own faith and the inadequacy of its depth, that I realized my folly. Could it be that those simple souls who felt the imperative to immediately, loudly, and very publicly thank the divine for the innumerable gifts they had received, were blessed with faith that was deeper and much more enduring than my own. Could it be that they really weren't seeking the thrill of their accomplishments being announced at all, but they were in a touchingly simple manner acknowledging the divine causality of prayer and blessing that they understood in a way that the sophisticates among us didn't. Isn't this exactly what Bhagat Kabir is doing in the Shabad? Is he not acknowledging that causality? Perhaps he wouldn't be ashamed either to stand up in the congregation and express his thanks for the two kilos of flour or half a kilo of dal or the bed with four solid legs, it's okay to ask, he seems to say. And ask we must, as there is really no other source that is inexhaustible. There is none else but the divine, whose bounty and compassion are infinite. We would love to hear from you listeners. In particular, tell us what Shabbats you find comforting, and we will feature them in subsequent episodes. If you have a favorite recording of the Shabbat you nominate, please share that as well. The best way to reach us is on Twitter at Sarpreet Singh. That's S-A-R-B-P-R-E-E-T-S-I-N-G-H or on Facebook. Be safe and stay in Chardikala. Thank you for listening to the Story of the Six podcast. Our co-producer Erica is taking a well-deserved break after delivering season two 
and we'll be back on season three. Our audio engineer is Amandeep Singh. I'm Sarpreet Singh, writer and narrator. Now a word about the fabulous rendition of the Shabbat that we are about to share with you. It was recorded at my home in New Jersey around 25 years ago by the redoubtable Paisaib Gyan Singh Jogi of Kapoorthala, who was a young man of 90 at that time. Yes, this robust rendition was by a 90-year-old lion of an old-school raggi who truly epitomized the Gurmit Sangeet tradition.
Yeah. 